Hey everyone, this is Chad. I'm the founder and CEO of Mission.org and the host of Mission Daily, the number one podcast for accelerated learning. Mission Daily was recently selected as best of 2018 by Apple for a reason. In every single episode, you're going to learn actionable strategies that you can apply to your life to become healthier, wealthier, and wiser. Welcome to Mission Daily, and we have a special episode of the Mission Daily today because we're going to do an episode of the Story After Show as an episode of the Mission Daily. So what does that mean for you? It means that you're going to get to hear some of the biggest lessons learned from two of our stories that we just told in our season for January, which was transformations. That was the theme of the season. And if you're not familiar with the story, it tells the unknown backstories of people who changed the world. So stay tuned and prepare for the after show on Mission Daily. If you're looking for life lessons from some of the most inspiring biographical stories throughout history, where the identity of the protagonist is a secret until the climax of the story, you're in the right place. This is the Story Podcast After Show. And in today's episode, we're diving into the stories behind one of the most successful gaming companies of all time, Rovio, and one of the most successful physicists of all time, John Wheeler. So let's dive into some of the lessons learned that I learned and that Steph learned from these two episodes. Should we start with Rovio? Let's do it. So for anyone who doesn't know Rovio, this is the company behind Angry Birds. Yes. But they had a pretty crazy start as they had to go through, I think it was 51 failed attempts until they got to Angry Birds. Yes. So yeah. And I'm so it's tricky to define them as failures, but basically 51 attempts that our modern media or society might not care about, might not recognize. So many of these previous games that they built made money. They won some small local awards and they got enough money to keep the lights on and to keep building things and basically getting to spend a decade in the wilderness of building many, many different games until they got to the right place, the right time, the right distribution strategy, and the right partner in the Apple App Store, which at the time was brand new, which allowed Angry Birds to take off and be a massive success. And I love this story because at the time when all these apps were coming out and just seemed to be blowing up, Angry Birds was one of the apps that I thought, man, one hit, you know, one hit wonder. They really just like put something out there and it just took off. I mean, I thought that. And it was just a really good example of why you can't trust the media or how they portray companies or apps taking off and all this kind of stuff. Because I was definitely under the assumption that someone just got lucky. They just, you know, put out a good addictive app and off they went. And the story was just so great to highlight how much goes into a company or a success or all the people that were highlighting on how they actually got there and all the things that you don't know about or all the triumphs that they faced or family problems that they faced or just issues you know, over many years that they had to keep overcoming. So I love that. A decade of being thought foolish, basically, yep. in the wilderness. Nobody cared, small office space. A couple local angel investors bet on them after they won one contest and that was it. There was a dry spell of years and years. And if you look at the modern mythology around Silicon Valley and the venture capital ecosystem here, there are many people who, I would just call them tourists, that's a great way to uh, define them, who are here because uh, times are good and because money's flowing freely, that they have no soul in the game. And many times they don't even have any skin in the game. And they're looking for one hit wonders, essentially. And I think that the funny thing is 
one-hit wonders don't exist. The people who get a one-hit wonder without that necessary 10 years of preparation or struggle or you know challenges, they're the ones that are typically destroyed by them. There are no lottery winners that are happy. There are no people that have an overnight success, basically period, who are able to keep it. And if we look at the amount of new millionaires and billionaires, what's fascinating that many people forget is that most of these individuals don't stay on those lists. They're for a fleeting moment, they're on these lists. What it takes to build an enduring game studio or business or invention studio or a local business and have it endure and potentially be generational, something that stays in the family for many generations, that type of approach and strategies, you'll never find it in the media because it's, uh, yeah, it requires patience. It requires a whole bunch of sacrifice, a lot of hard work. And Silicon Valley wants to find quarterly success, basically, that they can then flip to the public markets. And in Rovio's case, if a Silicon Valley investor had glanced at what they were doing, their accomplishments, oh, it looks like you took one angel round of investment here and then then you had 30 other games, they would run, basically. The average tourist venture capitalist in Silicon Valley would look at that, think it was horrible and run away. When in reality, it's just, it's only a matter of time. If you have the grit and the imagination necessary to churn out 30, 51, 52 games, things, attempts, products, 52 attempts at a new baked good, a new type of uh, coffee brewing method, you're going to achieve great results. It's only a matter of time. Yep. And what I love about that, it reminds me of the interview you just did with Marissa Meyer, where she says, never base a decision based on a trailing indicator. So where you were just talking about, you know, a VC looking at being like, oh, you just had a little angel round of investment. He's basing, he or she is basing the decision on a trailing indicator that means nothing. So yeah, I love keeping that in mind and just thinking through that on every decision I make in life now. Is it based on current up-to-date information? Do I see the whole picture or am I basing it on something that's pretty stale or a trailing indicator? Exactly. Yeah, so good. Because if you look at the price of a private or public security, it's typically based on trailing indicators. Yep. <laughs> when you, you start... say that about Be- like Bezos said that about Jeff Bezos about yeah. Amazon said his stock price. The cur- the current stock price is reflecting basically work that they did 4 years ago. That's yep. his his famous quote there and it's very easy to forget and it's the the what's on the surface now is the result of what happened years and years ago. Just like what might be going on behind the scenes right now in your life, in your career, in your business with your family. There's no telling what that's going to blossom into. And the outside world is never going to see the potential and the possibility that you see in your own mind. That's why it's so important that you appropriately price your skills, your talents, your business, and don't let somebody else who's focused on the trailing indicators tell you what the price is, tell you what the value is. If you have more context, if you know what the future is going to be because you're doing the work today that's going to produce a certain result in four years' time, make sure you price that appropriately. I can't think of a more disheartening situation than listening to so many CEOs and so many founders around here. You'll never see this in the media, but more and more I'm encountering conversations where people say, I have no idea why I took venture capital. If I had it to do over again, I would really think hard about that. I would really challenge myself more and ask better questions. And conversely, there are some people who it's worked out amazingly for who that was the right choice for their business and they're very glad that they took it it's all around who you pick too i mean i think you have to pick the people matter so much and that you know the story of rovio highlighted that the three guys who are working on the apps throughout three longtime friends yep they stuck together and it's just a good point to make sure that if you're starting something if you're building a friendship 
anything. If you're choosing, you know, to take investment from someone, you want to have the right people on board who are going to stick with you through a decade or more and not going to give up when times get hard. Definitely. You have to have a shared history and you have to have a shared positive history of enduring struggles, some type of challenge that society won't pat you on the back for. I think that that is a prerequisite towards founding something that is going to be enduring, last for centuries or become dynastical. Yep. And not to keep bringing up the Marissa Mayer interview, but oh, she had so <laughs> many good points. Meyer, Meyer. She had so many good points. The other one was about how her and her co-founder of Lumi Labs were saying that they could basically talk in shorthand. So instead of having to explain to someone context on maybe, you know, maybe I have a product idea and you have an idea of why it won't work. And it could be an hour long conversation of us going back and forth on why it won't work. She was saying that she was able to talk to him in shorthand. So she used to work at Google and she would just say Google news and he'd be like, oh, yep, got it. Okay. Like, I understand what you mean. We're not going to do that. So I just love the whole idea behind knowing someone so well that you can talk in shorthand with them to where you don't have to spend hours of your day convincing each other on like why something will or won't work. That is an excellent illustration of why history can be one of the biggest benefits that you have, that your team, that your company has, that nobody else can replicate. Competitors cannot replicate that type of camaraderie, that type of trust that takes years and years, decades to build. And it takes decades across your 51 attempts at whatever it is you're going for. A fun fact about Rovio is Rovio, the the word is based on the Finnish word for pyre as in a bonfire or funeral pyre. So I'm all about rampant speculation. I would uh, speculate that that logo is a fun, almost like a memento mori where you look at it and you're reminded. So memento moris are where you might see like a skull put on an old time painting to remind the artist would put it on there because typically those works would take years of their life. And it was a reminder that they were mortal, that they were going to die. They didn't get that many swings at the bat when it came to creating something enduring or a piece of art that was going to be around for a long time. So the artist would put that reminder onto their work of art. And I think whether Rovio did it consciously or not, it's always fun when you can look at a logo and find symbolism, even if it's just speculation. Yep. All right. So next, John Wheeler. So a little snippet of John Wheeler, if you will. Yeah. So John Wheeler was one of the famous physicists who worked on the Manhattan Project, and he worked on many other pioneering efforts, including proving that black holes were real, wormholes. A lot of the science that went into Interstellar was from a mentee of John Wheeler. So Kirk Thorne, I think, I think I'm getting his name right, was a uh, student of John Wheeler. And then John Wheeler worked with many other people on the Manhattan Project. But when I found his story and heard that one of his big motivations was in the project was from getting a letter from his brother who was in the thick of World War II, uh, who was on the ground, getting shot at, having his uh, everyone die around him, all his friends, who then passed away and then who then was killed. That was the primary motivation for John Wheeler to hurry up and end the war. And you know, I got emotional as writing the story, but just because we don't have a uh, conventional, crazy massive military conflict going on right now, it doesn't mean that you can't find your own type of intrinsic motivation that is at the level that Wheeler had. There are people you care about right now that are on some type of sacrificial altar, whether that altar is one of, you know, you don't have the resources to pay for an experimental medical treatment for them. Maybe you don't have the 
the time to take out and invest that time to build a relationship with them because you're overworked, because you have student loans, whatever the case is, there's always some type of sacrificial altar that is keeping you away from the people you love. And don't wait until you get that letter that is tear stained that says, hurry up because it's too late. Start acting as if you're saving your family, the people you're caring about from a sacrificial altar today. And so whether that's having a bunch of resources in the bank to help out, whether that is being emotionally available at any point in time when you're interacting with them, or whether that is taking some time and investing in that with them today to make sure that you don't you know, regret when you're not able to in the future, we're all in a place where we could hurry up more to help those around us. Yep. Yeah. Keeping a daily reminder like that, just like John did by having, I think he had the postcard from his brother yeah. that said, hurry up in front of his desk every single day. So he could just glance at it and know, I need to keep going. I need to push forward. Like this is very important. I think creating, like you said, your own motivational tool, whether it's a postcard of your own that says, you know, anything on there that's going to keep you motivated and knowing that the deep work that you're doing is going to have a big impact and keeping that in the back of your mind because it's easy to forget when you're working on something sometimes that and what are you working towards yeah. what's the big idea it's so easy when we're working from comfort so we are working from a great studios that we've built we converted our garage into a fun studio space that i love being in but i don't forget for a second the people who i worked with when i was in the military who are out there still serving and they're in horrible circumstances horrible conditions and in many ways i never forget that they're on a sacrificial altar and it's up to us to build the media the technologies that get them off of the sacrificial altar that exists right now because people have a failure of imagination people have nation states have a failure to negotiate they lost this art a long time ago and unfortunately, that creates the need for a lot of the things in the military and a lot of uh, things that people are doing abroad. It's not an ideal circumstance, but when you're in comfort, don't forget that there are those outside of comfort who are depending on you, your efforts, and the technology you create to get them out of harm's way. All right. That's a good place to wrap up here. So we will see you next time at the next After Show. See you then. See you next time. Mission Daily and all of our podcasts are created with love by our team at mission.org. We own and operate a network of podcasts and a brand and story studio designed to accelerate learning. Our clients include companies like Salesforce, they're a customer times five, Twilio, and Katera who work with us because we produce results. To learn more and get our case studies, check out mission.org slash studios. If you're tired of media and news that promotes fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and if you want an antidote to all that chaos, you're at the right place. Subscribe here and to our daily newsletter at mission.org. Each morning, you'll get a newsletter that will help you start your morning and your day off right. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.